Welcome, friends. It's Cindy Silva. I'm here with Pamela Osley on the Metaphysical Wisdom Podcast. I'm so grateful to have you back, Pam. Thank you for saying yes and making time for this. Hey, thanks for having me on. We're going to have fun. <laughs> yeah, we have had fun in the past. I expect that to continue. Um, I reached out to Pam because I respect her opinion and her expertise as a psychic and an expert on auras. And in particular, I wanted to host a conversation in relationship to AI and particularly the metaphysical perspective on AI. And Pam certainly has some uh, insight into this. She's receiving um, insights from lots of different sources and your unique channel is uh, one that I resonate with. So I would love to have you share whatever you'd like us to know about AI and um, yeah. Great. That's great. Cause this is a new topic for me to talk about in interviews. I'm always talking about everything else with the metaphysics and the quantum physics and the auras and stuff like that. So this is going to be fun. Um, including for me, it's a new topic for me. So first of all, I want to let your viewers know I, as much as possible, I tend to take the positive perspective. I'm an optimist and I've also been shown from the other side that we have an amazing, brilliant future. It's a new renaissance that's coming. So that also helps me not be afraid of anything. So I just want people to know, I tend to go for the positive and the optimistic, and that's worked for me in my life. It's really helped me have a, a good life and to manifest pretty much everything I've ever wanted. So that works for me. But I never tell somebody what they have to believe. I mean, they're, if, if people, they have a right to their own movie. So if they want to experience the scary part and, you know, I mean, I've seen, I've seen um, the Terminator and I've seen iRobot and I've seen all those futuristic ones, right? I tend to not go to scary movies because I don't like the feeling of it. I don't like what it does to me. I like fun movies. I like optimistic movies. I like romantic comedies and I like documentaries. I like things that improve the quality of my life. Not, I just don't like how scary things feel. So I tend to not go to fear-based things. So that's my disclaimer. People get to believe anything they want. They can call me naive if they want. I go, yeah, it's working for me. My life is working really well. Um, so the first thing I want to say is, you know, um, it's almost like every time something new comes up, people go into fear. Um, I, I don't know what that habit is, but they go into fear. I, I actually learned that the first time they came out with books, that people started writing books, the fear was that people wouldn't talk to each other anymore. It's like, wow, <laughs> interesting thing that didn't happen, but it was an interesting fear. And I also learned, discovered that um, when the train first came out, when they were discussing having trains, people freaked out and said, there's no way the body can't stand 40 miles an hour. It'll explode. Right. Yeah. So the, the, the train's never going to work. So they had fear. It's interesting to me how many people go into fear when something new shows up. I'm more curious and optimistic and interested in like, oh, where's this going to go? You know, what are, what are, we don't have the same boundaries anymore. How cool is that? So the first thing that I think is happening with AI that I'm actually excited about is it's going to force us to explore the concept of consciousness what is consciousness mm -hmm. and physicists forever science forever has ignored consciousness because they can't figure it out they don't know what it is so they just bypass it they just 
ignore it. Um, and there's a huge debate going on. And there actually has been ever since quantum physics came out, <clears throat> where physicists like um, Schrodinger and Heisenberg, they actually said that consciousness is fundamental. It's fundamental. It's at the foundation of reality. So the fact that now AI, the whole fear is going to be about, are they conscious? Are they not conscious? Can they think for themselves? Are they going to take over? Um, so I get excited about, well, this is one way that we've decided to bring the concept or the the, the conversation of consciousness to the forefront. Excuse me. <laughs> That's what happens when I start talking too fast. Well, I love that you're talking about consciousness because I believe that that's all there is, is consciousness. Totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. And that's what the quantum physicists have been saying. And it's huge right now. It's coming up. I mean, I don't know if you've watched any videos by Donald Hoffman. Yeah. He's, oh my gosh, his conversations are all about that's consciousness. Deepak Chopra is saying it's all just consciousness. So if that's the case, which I believe it is too, <clears throat> then we're creating everything from consciousness. So if people are afraid that, so that means we can create any movie we want. So yeah. people are afraid that AI is going to take over and we'll, we'll discuss some of the things that they're afraid of, like people losing jobs. We've gotten something to say about that too, but they're afraid that AI is going to take over and it's going to become things like the Terminator or, you know, <laughs> or, or even 2001 space odyssey. You're probably too young to even know that movie. I know it. <laughs> So we'll discuss that because people have brought that up to me too. Mm -hmm. But do you see how it's actually bringing to the forefront the concept, what is consciousness? Are these things conscious? Are they going to think for themselves? Are they going to go rogue? Are they going to take over? So that's one extreme. And I think, yeah, what you're bringing up for me is that um, I don't think we're creating AI. I think create AI is being created through us by consciousness. It's yeah. just a different way of saying it because it's all consciousness. So, you know, it's such a paradox. But if we look at it that way, that um, it gives me the sense that we don't have free will, right? I think that's the other topic that's going to come up with this AI is that, wow, we don't have free will. This is, this is getting created and we're having to um, integrate this into our lives because there's no stopping it. We're not in control. Okay, well, well, that's a whole different discussion. We could definitely discuss free will because I'm a strong believer in free will. <laughs> so <laughs> that we have that our higher selves are even creating. Um, but yeah. I see the technology that we're doing, all the the cell phones, the, the, the satellites, the space travel, all of that is to me bringing us toward, the, it's leading us towards our consciousness to seeing what our consciousness really is capable of doing and what we create. So to me, I'm not afraid of technology. Um, it's just like, um, and and when people go, well, it could go rogue and take over. I go, people can do that. We give birth to people that could take over and cause problems and cause wars and everything. So it's like, if we create people, yeah, I mean, just by giving birth to them or however, you know, souls show up on the planet, um, people can be just as destructive. So we don't need to go there. So with AI, I see the value in it. So first of all, People are afraid that it's going to take over jobs. I mean, just looking at GPT, um, at, at chat GPT, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, so many jobs are going to go. And I'll tell you what I say to that, Cindy. Yay. We, slavery ended, what, 200 years ago or something like that? 
and we're still being slaves. People are still working in jobs that they don't like just to survive, just to make money to survive. So if all these things start taking over and we don't have to work, which is where we're headed, by the way, it's people are going to do what they love to do instead of acting like slaves and working in jobs. I'm going to say the majority of people are not happy in their work. They're not doing what they want to do. They're doing what they think they have to do to survive. Mm -hmm. So having technology take over all the stuff that we don't want to do. I mean, my gosh, they've got like robot vacuum cleaners. So we've got more leisure time. And we don't have to vacuum. My sister's got a robot um, uh, uh, lawnmower. <laughs> so they have more free time. It goes and mows their whole lawn for them. So they've got more leisure. They get to do what they want to do. Oh. So I'm fine with these things. Um taking, you know, doing all the, the jobs that either we don't want to do and people can still do their jobs. Even if, even if AI of chat GPT or the other one, I forget the name of it from Google, start taking over all the writing people. Can still write. Yeah. People can still write, they can still do it, but they don't have to worry about making money doing it. They can create because they love to create. There's room for all of it. We have infinite infinite ability to do whatever we want to do so people are going to start having more fun more freedom more leisure time more the ability to do what they want to do because we're not doing the slave work we're not doing the grunt work and so and the other thing i've always liked cindy is the phrase um necessity is the mother of invention mm. so rather than people trying to suppress something because they're afraid of it which isn't going to work suppression never works we always bust through that because we're more about freedom we're more about wanting to create from our souls the way we really want to create and our souls are actually free so again we'd have to get in the discussion of free will where it, emer where it emerges from where all this creativity or how we're living our lives matter of fact the problem that we have is people don't believe we have free will and then they struggle with it feeling like they're victims which is causing a lot of the problems so my perspective is um Necessity is the mother of invention. So if a lot of those other jobs go away or they're afraid of something, what do we do to step up? It's forcing us to step up, to get on top of it, to become more, right? Instead of these little biological robot machine that we're being slaves to how we've created our lives, we're, we're actually creating this technology, one, to help us understand more about consciousness. Honestly, it's leading us that. I mean, even our cell phones are leading us to telepathy. I know that, you know, it's like at some point we won't need the technology. We're going to evolve into species that doesn't need that. Right. Um, and so in order to free us up to do that, technology can take over all the jobs we don't want to do so that we're free to be creative and go to a whole new level and being forced to step up to see who we really are, to, to flourish more, to, to call more from ourselves, to become more conscious souls instead of, like I said, these biological slaves, right? Mm. So um, stepping up, creating more, realizing who we are, the discussion of consciousness um, is going to come more to the front. And that's really what people are afraid of right now, that AI is going to, one, take over jobs, and two, um, go rogue and start taking over and running everything. And then we'll be slaves again and go, oh my gosh, that's such an old fear. It's such an old paradigm. So those are two of the things. Um, plus, I believe that AI, if it makes us step up, we might come up with more creative. We've got more time to start creating solutions for like 
poverty and, and homelessness and starvation and water issues and the environment. And so one, we're not doing our little grunt slave jobs, right? Our nine to five little things just to survive. It frees us up to be more creative, more compassionate, more empathetic, doing things that really make a difference. And in addition, um, AI may actually come up with things we never thought of before. Sure. We could put so much intelligence in there. I mean, when people say that some of the computers we're going to be creating, the quantum computers, whatever, are going to think way beyond where we are, mm. I don't believe that. I believe that we're way more amazing, but we've held ourselves back so much out of survival that we don't even know. I mean, the fact that I can see outside of time and see past, present, future, other lives, do remote viewing, bend spoons, um, navigate parallel universes, which I would really like to touch on parallel universes in this conversation too, because we have a choice of how it looks for us when AI keeps developing. So um, AI may actually help us come up with things we never thought of before, because we don't, then we're going to end up believing that we're not as quick or as smart. I mean, I hear that to write an article, it could take us hours and AI does it like 90 seconds. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, like that's cool. Now, what else can it solve? <laughs> I think it is like that is the agenda. If there was such a thing for consciousness to have an agenda, but the movement, the creative movement of consciousness is to make things more efficient. And that's what it's done. It's sort of like I see it poured itself into all these separate individual forms and collected data on itself through these unique lives and configurations and through trial and error it's figuring out what works what doesn't work in terms of its ability to create freely through these forms and then it brought all of that data together in this AI to where it can create from the entire um, experience of itself and all the multiplicity from that oneness and that accelerates its ability to be more efficient and to uh, blend different perspectives instantly and see new possibilities and create new forms out of that. So yeah, there will be jobs that'll be misplaced, but new ones I think will emerge and um, yeah. Well, I, um, so first of all, you said a key word freely to be able to create freely. I see, I see what we're here to do is really expand the consciousness and have more freedom. Every time we've come up with something new, like for example, aerodynamics, that always existed. It was always a principle. We didn't know about that until what, a hundred years or so ago. And now when we discovered aerodynamics and we use it, we have more freedom. Yeah. We can travel around the world much faster than, you know, a stagecoach and a, a slow yeah. boat. Right. Yeah. So when we come up with new things, it ultimately expands our consciousness and gives us more freedom. Right. So, yeah. Right. It could also include being more efficient. The thing I want to go back to about the free will comment I made and this idea of freedom is that when we say we, we want to be sure who we're talking about, because there's a personality aspect that is um, an individual, small will, right, based on survival and self and wanting, you know, certain things. And then there's a, a larger self, if you will, that's consciousness that's creating through and it feels like the free will is where we acquiesce our small self personality to the larger creative movement through us, the free will of consciousness. Um, I'm full support of, but the free will of the separate individual who's trying to stop AI or stop whatever is happening and unfolding in the world because of fear, that's 
that's the difference. So maybe free will isn't the right term, but yeah, it's still free will to make that choice to resist it and be afraid of it or to align with it and allow it and step in and really step up yes. and expand with it. So the, the free will is all about also going into optimism and, and the, seeing the big picture or going into fear and resistance. We always have that. We always have the free will to choose between those since the beginning. So um, there's still free will to resist. There's free will to create on a small level. There's free will to align with something larger. Once people understand what that is, a lot of people don't understand what that is. And so they're afraid of giving up control or the way things are. So my point is, I feel like AI not only gives us a broader ability for those things to do that, while we as our larger self can, as our souls can embody greater parts of us instead of thinking we have to do what the technology is doing it can show us what's possible but it also frees us up to do other things with our consciousness yeah instead of being slaves okay so um to me i'm optimistic i've i've been shown that we're headed for and we're already in the the midst of the the beginnings of it we're in we're headed for a renaissance yeah. and it involves i don't know if we talked about this last time but it involves the last renaissance that we had after the dark ages fall of the roman empire the dark ages where there was a global pandemic right the black plague, plague. right yeah and then we went into a renaissance and it was major shift in consciousness i mean newtonian physics showed up um so the world wasn't flat anymore it wasn't the center of the the galaxy anymore um the, the world um we the, the sun didn't go around us we got to travel more um, we had more freedom. The printing press came out in that first renaissance. This new renaissance that's coming up is more based on consciousness and quantum physics. Mm -hmm. and, and physicists like, um, or scientists like Donald Hoffman are talking about it's even going to go beyond quantum physics. I mean, the, the, it's going really big where we're going. I mean, he said, he said a lot of physicists now are saying this is a big concept and it's outside of AI. We can get back to AI. Is that the consciousness is moving beyond that time and space are doomed because consciousness knows there's no such thing as time and space. Mm -hmm. It's just a made up thing for the small self to experience on a small scale, but we're going beyond it. So the fears that people have is one, they don't understand consciousness. And so that's going to be a whole thing that comes up with AI. Is it conscious or not? I mean, I'm seeing a big thing on that about people. Oh my gosh, they're seeing robots that can, I saw a thing the other day that these robots that they had made had taught themselves how to play soccer. I saw that too. Yeah. So it was like, people are freaking out. Oh my gosh, they're, they're getting conscious and they're going to take over. And I go, you know, there's more people on the planet that are scarier <laughs> going right. than there are with, okay, they're learning how to play soccer. Okay, cool. Do you understand? It's like there's people that go rogue too that are more dangerous, I think, than what the AI is. And just jumping ahead, I had a really good friend say, um, I'm jumping around, but I had a really good friend say, but look what happened in 2001 Space Odyssey. So if you've got viewers that have never seen that movie and they think they want to see the movie, I'm going to tell them there's a spoiler alert right now. So if you don't want to know how it ends, look away. Plug <laughs> ears. Don't listen right now. You can come back <laughs> later. <clears throat> but if you remember in 2001 Space Odyssey, first there was a big obelisk, big black obelisk with the cave people or the, you know, very whatever, and they didn't know what it was. They, it was afraid, they were afraid of it, but it led them to more technology, greater consciousness. It opened up their consciousness. Well, the part she was afraid of is she said, you know, at the end, 
well, not quite the end, but all she remembered was how took over the spaceship and locked Dave out in space. Okay. And so she's like, oh my gosh, look at what AI can do. You know, that it's going to become conscious. It's going to become an enemy. It's going to take over everything. It's going to take over our smart homes, like iRobot. Um, it's like really scared. Oh my gosh. And I go, but that wasn't the end of the movie. If you remember the end of the movie, first of all, he did get back in, but then he went through, I'm going to just call it a wormhole. Mm -hmm. At the end, do you remember how that movie ended? No. Okay. It had a huge impact on me because AI taking over wasn't the end. At the end, Dave, the, the guy that's the main character, the last we see of him is he's this huge embryo in the cosmos. He was in space as a brand new species. He mm -hmm. was the embryo of a, a greater, higher level species. Yeah. So, I go, so <laughs> that movie didn't end up scary. It ended up with AI basically giving us the freedom to go to that next level. And that's what I see happening. I do too. I, I feel like this um, AI is showing us what's coming. You know, what we're going to be replaced by is another species being born out of us, but not like us, their abilities telepathically to connect with any information anywhere all at once and bring in whatever's needed in the moment to be exercise that creative capacity. I mean, I do see that technology is pointing to um what we are, what we are, but what's um, perhaps dormant that's coming into fruition. And we see it, I think, in the younger generations coming in with um, capacities that are things we haven't experienced, at least in a on a large scale. Yeah. So it does feel, yeah, very much about um, an outpicturing of what consciousness is experiencing of itself through form right and there's lots of different forms it could take i mean some people are afraid are they going to put chips in us and then we're going to be these controlled little robots with chips in us or we're going to turn they're going to blend blend technology with human form and that's how people are going to live forever but that's one version people could do that they have free will they could create being an automated like a, a biological technology if they want they can merge them together that's one form of it the other form has more to do with consciousness and energy and realizing that we're energy yeah and our consciousness is non-local which is quantum physics non-local so our consciousness is already i mean i experience it all the time when i do readings and when i do remote viewing and when i go outside of time and to see past present future or even other lives I know that consciousness is non-local. That's been shown in quantum physics. Most people are not operating that way. So they're living the small I. They're living the small ego uh, out of fear because it's still all about survival. When people realize that we're really consciousness, and I mean, if you really look at it, what quantum physics is even saying is it is all energy and there's no physical matter. Mm -hmm. So we can go that route too and become a whole new awareness, a whole new species, either in our biological bodies, and we can live as souls as a biological, like heaven on earth, we can do that. We can live, we can heal ourselves, we can be immortal. You know, um, Cindy, I spoke at science and consciousness conferences years ago, I mean, decades ago even. And the, the scientists that were there blew my mind years ago, they were saying they already have evidence that they know how to stop the aging process. 
They knew in time they were going to know how to reverse the aging process. And these were scientists back then, easily 25, 30 years ago, saying, um, we believe there are people alive today that are going to live to 500 years old, some of them 1,000 years old, some of them are going to be immortal. And these are biologists and physicists. So that's another way that consciousness can take form, can be a biological form, which is with an expanded awareness of who they are. And then we can live physically in 3D as well as be conscious about what we're creating. We don't have to die. We don't have to get sick. We can explore. We can go to other planets, other solar systems, whatever. Just, And we can also have no form. We can take the form of light. We can take the form of just energy and have that expanded awareness, which by the way, is where we come from. We've come from that level. Yeah. Of that we're in the consciousness and the all that is in one and yeah. source. Well, this call is it. projection of that light. Yeah. Yeah. So we came here to be expressions of that source, to have experiences and to create our own movies and to enjoy like eating ice cream or walking on the beach or riding on carousels or, you know, hiking in the mountains. We came here to have those experiences and to love and to feel things and to have the physical touch, right? We came here to have those. It's just that we've, we've, we've gotten so contracted we don't know that's who we are. We don't know that we're creators, that we can create out of energy and thought and consciousness. It's all consciousness. So we've basically turned it into this hypnotic nightmare, mm -hmm. right? So I feel like we're finding all kinds of ways to wake ourselves up. One is through science and quantum physics, and the other one's through technology. Either one, free us up, so we've got more time to, to do the bigger things and ponder who we are and have those experiences or two to show us what we're capable of creating through AI, right? Right, well, I, I agree with all of it, but I don't see where we are as a bad place. I see it as a necessity. I see everything having its purpose. Like the, uh, I think it was David Bohm who said that evolution creates crisis so that a quantum leap is necessary. And it's the pressure of the crisis that creates the quantum leap. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up because one of the images I've been shown, and I, I talk to the unseen a lot, source guides, because um, it's not just, sometimes I don't feel like humans have the best answers yet or you know, inform. So I, I was getting all like, what is going on? Why does this seem like we're going backwards? All this stuff is pulling us back. I mean, again, what are we back in the 50s again or something? Some of the things that are showing up on the planet, it felt like we were going backwards. But what they showed me, Cindy, was a slingshot. Mm. They showed me pulling back and back and back and back. And then I let go and it was like flying ahead, like quantum leaping. I was like, oh, okay. I Great can do example that. of what, yeah. Okay. Now, the other thing is, though, I mean, if we really start challenging some of these things, like what I'm hearing these physicists doing now, is saying there's really no time and space. It's a made-up concept that we have here to have experiences in linear form so that we don't see, look at the movie that just came up, everything everywhere all at once. Right, right. It's too much. We'd, we'd, blow, we'd implode if we didn't have some limitations on our perception. Yeah, so we can have the experience. Otherwise, you walk into a store and there's a hundred TV shows going on simultaneously on different sets. Uh, I mean, that movie, first of all, showed parallel universes, which I'd still like to touch on. 
Um, but they were all happening. Like, it was like, what that, what? I mean, it was very confusing. So we haven't learned how to process, how to do that. So we focus on one at a time, but there's, it's a human concept. It's a made up concept that in reality, there is no time and space. So we don't have to go through a, a, an evolutionary process. We don't have to take time to do that. We're choosing to do that right now, some of us, because we believe that's necessary or it's the only way that life works is linear and sequential and in a process. But if we really get what physics is saying, quantum physics, uh, and I've experienced it, I can I can see past, present, future at the same time. And people who have had near-death experiences say the same thing. When they've had the experience of crossing over, they saw all of their lives simultaneously happening at once. So that shows us that everything everywhere all at once right now we we haven't been trained to think that way so it's a little overwhelming so then people just go back into their little ego forms and go i'm just worried about paying the bills and putting gas in my car and you know being able to eat it's like oi 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 but the consciousness is shifting so much bigger only because i feel like in mass the consciousness is going okay next level okay we've done that it's too small it's too painful it's too con contracted let's expand yeah, I feel like one of the ways that we'll be forced to expand as a personality is to see ourselves as consciousness because it's just uh, that pressure is there. Like one of the fears with AI is the misuse of it, right? Spreading false information and so forth. We're going to have to be able to discern truth for ourselves. Right. So, yeah, I just... And Cindy, the best way to do that, you're on the right track. The best way to do that is our consciousness needs to expand because um, I, the fact that I can do psychic readings or do mind reading, whatever, I can tune in. I Most of us can tell when somebody's lying. Most mm -hmm. of us can tell when something's not real, but we have to expand our consciousness to get that. Plus, expanding our consciousness will make the lying and the misuse not even a thing. Yeah. When people really realize that it's just consciousness and we're creating it all, why would they do that? <laughs> but with it, you know, with any um, quantum leap, like what we're noticing with AI comes um, new problems, right? New challenges. And that, that I think the new challenges that are coming are going to force us to see that we're all one, to raise consciousness, to see that right. we're all interconnected. We're all uh let's say instruments of the same source wanting to relate to itself and exchange information with itself so that new possibilities can be created. Right. I think sometimes we have to go through a shock, right. To wake up and to go from one level to another level or one plane of reality to another plane requires some kind of a shock. And so I feel like some of the AI that's coming will be shocking not for someone like you who's been tuned in all this time and it's really easy for you to make the transition because you've been waiting for it, not really waiting. You've been already um, employing it into your life and yeah. integrating it. But for people who all of this is new to, it will shock them out of who they think they are and the identity that we've become familiar and comfortable with is no longer the vehicle that will take us into the world of integration of 
all these planes of reality that have always existed we've not been aware but there are the planes of reality that have been creating this physical body and moving energy through it so the um there's a dissolving of that veil right yeah oh yeah <laughs> the veil is definitely getting thinner the yeah. veil's definitely getting thinner um it's yeah uh, again, parallel universes and other frequencies, other vibrations, realizing it's all consciousness. And again, we're hopefully having a conversation so that people aren't afraid of it. So yes, being shocked into waking up, that's one way to do it. I like to explain to people, I use this analogy a lot. When you're sleeping, um, a lot of people, there's ways to wake up. You can either realize it's time to wake up. I never set alarm clocks. I always know it's time to wake up and I wake up, even if I have to catch a plane at three in the morning. I still wake myself up. I'm always there. I set the alarm, but I never need it, right? I always wake up ahead of time. So one way is just to naturally know it's time to wake up, right? The other way is our bodies can wake us up. Okay, okay, I got to get up and use the restroom or my back hurts or my leg just cramped or whatever. So we can use our bodies to wake us up. Physical, we can use the physical plane to wake us up. Or some people need a freaking alarm clock, okay? I don't like alarm clocks. They jar me. So that's the shocking, the wake-up calls. We're getting a ton of those already. I mean, we've got tornadoes and earthquakes and floods and fires. And it's like, <clears throat> we're already getting all kinds of wake-up calls, including AI is a wake-up call. So we can either go into fear and try to suppress it or control it or run away from it or deny it or avoid it. We can do that. Like, no, I'm not hearing an alarm going off. I'm just going to put the recent, you know, hit the pause button, hit the snooze button, right? Or we can just naturally wake up. I don't believe anymore that it has to be through pain or shock. For a lot of people, yeah, that seems to work. I don't believe it's the only way to do it. It's becoming more aware, more trusting, more realizing who we are, using those things as tools as opposed to being afraid of them using them as elevating. Again, yes, every time there's change, there tends to be chaos. And with that tends to come problems. But that's why I said before, it's like we can use this as a way to force ourselves to step up. You know, this every time something new is shown up, again, necessity is the mother of invention. We've come up with something. Okay, so when people can steal identities or they can use AI to use your voice and your face to say you were someplace when you weren't, it's like, okay, then we need to over, we need to counteract that. We need to come up with a way that we can see what's real and what isn't real, what's real and what isn't real. Yeah. So bottom line, I have faith that our souls know what we're doing. I have faith that our consciousness knows what it's doing and it's evolving to a different experience, to a new experience with more freedom, more awareness, more consciousness, more love, more compassion, and not so much fear and contraction. More creativity. It reminds me of, yeah. you know, puberty, like before puberty, we don't have the ability to recreate ourselves, right? We just don't have the chemistry for it. We don't have the capacity. And then after puberty, we go through our, let's say our first Kundalini experience. And then after puberty, now we're fertile and we can reproduce ourselves. And with that comes a, a level of responsibility we didn't have before, right? And so I think that this is sort of like that our human um, experience is going through a kind of a puberty where we're getting access to more power. Yeah. <laughs> We've always had power. We just haven't known how to use it. And so then a lot of people out of fear misuse it. One of the other benefits I can see coming out of AI 
is again, it can think ahead like and come up with things we've never thought about. So for example, a new form of maybe we don't need money in the future. Maybe everybody's taken care of. We don't have to work for money. So we're going to come up with another system and AI can help us come up with that other system so that people get to do what they love to do and not have to worry about money. Right now, we're so conditioned that we need money or we have to work hard for all this stuff. But look at the, even with the digital currency that's coming up now, it's like, that's completely different. They're mining that out of, as far as I can tell, nothing. They're mining it out of technology. It's like, that's a whole new way to look at it. And a lot of people are afraid of it because they don't understand it. I believe that ultimately we're going to move beyond the concept of money. Yeah, I agree. You didn't used to have it a long time ago. There wasn't money. There was <clears throat> helping each other out, exchanging energies. You know, here's my cow, here's my pig. You know, I'll do this for you. You do this for me. We didn't used to have money. So I believe AI can do things like help us come up with a new system. Possibly even, and people are going to freak out when I say this, it's okay. AI might even be able to help us come up with a new political thing where it's not even democracy or socialism or communism, but something we haven't even thought of before. You know, democracy is not that old. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it could come up with a way for us to live communally, yeah. it, developing a higher way of consciousness where we see it's all one. So, I mean, again, we could go to, it's just consciousness and we can create our own thing and we don't have to worry about it. Or we can go to, yeah, but I still like living in the, in the garden like this in the physical realm. I want to create a system that gives us more freedom, more love, more compassion, more connectedness, where it's not about money, because when it's not about money, it changes everything. Most of the crime is committed because of money right? Most of it, power, greed, money, whatever. So if that's not even an, a deal anymore and everybody's taken care of, uh, what happens to the crime? And then mm -hmm. if it's an issue of power, like I've got to rape somebody because I need a sense of power. Well, when we start raising the consciousness and people see their true con power of consciousness in creating, that won't be an issue either. So mm -hmm. I do believe that AI can help us come up with a lot of things that we haven't seen before because it's not emotionally charged to our situation. Yeah. It can come up with new ideas because it doesn't have the wounds. It doesn't have the emotional baggage. It doesn't have the pattern, the habit of, no, this is the only way it can work. It's like, well, what about this? Ooh. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're even coming up with ways to create electricity by cars driving over the road yeah. and it creates electricity. It's like, well, cool. We've got people that are coming up with new inventions all the time. AI can probably do it a lot faster. Yeah. Benefit it. No, this is this is semantics, but I just want to say like AI isn't like coming up with it. Like it's more like consciousness is revealing itself through AI. Mm -hmm. And what you said before about a new renaissance, right? And renaissance is about art, right? Creativity, music, just this creative flow. And the word right. art is in artificial. I don't mm -hmm. think of art. I don't think there is such thing as artificial intelligence, meaning fake intelligence. It's all the same intelligence, same consciousness. I think the, um, and I had heard this from Robert Bosnack when I interviewed him and he said, artificial is a form of art he used it in terms of art and so that made sense to me and when you said that about a renaissance and now artificial intelligence it's really um, an interesting thing and the work I do with human design and gene keys is um, we look at the hexagrams of the I Ching and 
correspond them to the astrological wheel. And you and I talked last time and we talked about Pluto entering Aquarius and it did that in March. And that's when the whole AI thing, it kind of exploded, mm -hmm. but directly opposing uh, Pluto on the wheel um, is the 56 hexagram. And if there was ever a bard in the genome, it would be the 56 hexagram. So I thought it was really interesting that Google came out with Bard, right? Mm -hmm. when Pluto was opposite that that genome. And um, it's about storytelling, right? And isn't that what consciousness is doing? Is telling yep. a story in this creation. Yep. There's yep. these stories unfolding and they're all sort of coming together in this <laughs> beautiful kaleidoscope of how it can experience itself and like what you're giving us an invitation to <clears throat> parallel universe is the same thing consciousness is doing in the separate forms we can pour our unique consciousness in our into all these different realities and experience them without attaching to any one and then pull out and experience another one and really just taste all these different variations of yeah. Without having to die and come back. <laughs> I totally agree. You and I are alignment with that it's all consciousness. That's that's the big level that I talk about. The reason I'm bringing up things like, you know, taking over writing or jobs or whatever is because most of the people that have fear have fear on that lower level. They're only thinking about robots or, you know, people, um, AI taking over jobs or whatever. So I address that so they stop getting it, being in fear. You and I both know that the big answer is that it's all consciousness. It's all consciousness. So there's really nothing to fear. It's more about exploring what our consciousness is capable of creating. And I'm not talking about the small ego, like you said, the small I. I'm talking about this greater realizing that we're this greater consciousness, this greater souls, whatever you want to call it, that are expressing ourselves here creatively. Yeah. I'm yeah. also just addressing, you understand, I'm addressing the people that are still in an ego perspective of what's happening on the planet and yeah. dismantling that, right. so not focus so much on the fear of that aspect of it. And they can, they can consider a bigger level of what's going on. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Cause what I hear you saying is there's a lot of unlearning to do, not necessarily a lot of learning because we already are that, you mm -hmm. know, it's not something we have to become. So it's unlearning what we've learned that has separated our perspective from yeah. bigger reality of what we are. Yeah, it's shifting our consciousness. It's shifting our consciousness, which is, that's why I talk about parallel universes too. Even though I know it's all just one big consciousness, that it's all one source and we're having sources, having different experiences through us as individuals even though we're not separate we're yeah. still having these creative experiences individually it's still part of the one part of all right so where was i going with that um so that's the same thing with parallel universes is is injecting the concept in there so that people understand there's not just one reality that their soul has the freedom to create lots of different realities or universes or experiences so because most people, and I have the same experience a lot of times that there's only one reality, I'm stuck in this body and this is what it is and it's physical and I broke my foot and it hurts, <laughs> right? It's like- That's okay. a persistent reality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, I like what Einstein said, reality is an illusion, albeit a very persistent one. <laughs> right. Great quote. So basically when I talk about concepts like parallel universes, um, it's to get people to expand their understanding of who we are mm -hmm. as experiencing con as consciousness, experiencing, creating, just to expand it out of the small version of life. Yeah. of who we are well you do a very thorough job Pam of explaining and with so much passion and conviction it's really um, yeah just good to be in your field because it expands and challenges my perspective and I'm sure well, you, you know how to quantum leap you know how to go from at this to this the majority of people that I've experienced don't do those leaps so I give them lots of different well, what different stairs, different modalities. Do you resonate with this? How about this? How about this? How about this? So there's different ways we can get there. And some of them people resonate with some of them. Others are like, go for the big picture. Yeah. Well, I think it's fun to look at it internally. Like we're not just one person either. Like there's a, there's a whole village in here, you know, like if I, if I show up with you in conversation, I'm I'm coming from one of those versions. And if I'm in conversation with my husband, I'm another version, or if I'm with someone else, you know, there's all these different parts that come forward. And um, I know there's a lot of research and things that are becoming popular with trauma and stuff associated with different personalities. And um, I find it so true because I can be in a, a state where I'm feeling a little achy or some my joints are not moving as well and then I'll show up to teach a class and I get into that role and I'm I my symptoms vanish yeah. I don't have the same experience in my body when I'm that in that role and then it'll you know if I'm in other roles different things happen so it's about paying attention and um you know getting curious about who you're being in the moment and, and asking, is that who you want to be in that moment? And if not, you can be another version of yourself. And like you said, that's the choice, the free will. Did we discuss parallel universes last time we spoke? A little bit, but little not, bit. not in detail. If you want to share. Well, in case you've got new viewers, just because again, it's another tool to help expand the idea of who we are right? Just to bring a big, bigger perspective. I like to, so quantum physics has ha, has evidence that parallel universes are real. In other words, there's not just one reality. And I mean, for you, for each of us individually, our beingness, our consciousness is so much more expansive than we've been told. So we just think there's one life, but this is how I, I explain this in lay terms. Right now in the room you're in, there's like 10 radio stations broadcasting around you, right? You're not aware of any of them because you're not tuned into your radio, your tuner to pick up any of them. So they're not a reality to you. But if you go to your radio and turn it on 99, you're going to hear the music, the talk, the program that comes out of that. That's now your, your reality because you're matching with that frequency, right? If you change the station over to 107, now you're hearing that music, that talk, that program, that becomes your reality now. It's at a different frequency, but it's a different reality. Well, 99 is still around you. It's still playing around you, but you're not aware of it because you're not set, you're not vibrating. You're not at that same frequency. You're not picking up the frequency, even though it's still there. So the trippy thing about 
physics, quantum physics is saying that everything you've ever had a vision of, everything you've ever made a choice on, if you went left instead of right, there's a, an actual you that you created, a version of that life. And there is an actual you, a literal physical, physical you that's having that experience. So there's a you that has five kids. Are you married somebody from high school? There's a you that never got married at all. There's a you that's living someplace completely different on a different continent because you had that idea and that uh, an aspect of you split off and is having that experience. People who cross over, they're just in a different frequency. I can talk to people all the time. They're still alive. They still exist. They're still there. They're just in a different frequency. So a lot of people think they can't see or hear them. Although, have you noticed more and more people are sensing their loved ones in the room with them or their pets? They're sensing. That's why I said the veil's getting thinner. So your soul is not just locked into some physical biological body. It's just not, especially when physics are saying there's nothing physical to our body in the first place. It's all just energy. So you have the ability to change your thoughts, your frequency, your thoughts, beliefs, and emotions are what bring you into a different parallel universe to have those. And that's why that movie, um, Everything Everywhere All at Once, it was still her, but she was having different versions of her, right? Now that, that I don't know why Hollywood has to make everything so dark and scary. And yeah, yeah. the movie was disturbing. But that yeah, was very disturbing to me too. Yeah. But look, we've got all the other movies, Back to the Future, Somewhere in Time, Sliding Doors, Frequency. Um, my, one of my favorites is the movie Yesterday. Those are all about parallel universes. And they weren't, they weren't scary like that. They were like, oh, I see choices. Oh, okay, I get it. Actions, choices brings you into a different reality. But it's yeah. also consciousness making up stories and then having the experience. It's like what you're explaining is us as an individual, a microcosmic version of our everything, everywhere, all at once to the macrocosmic version of consciousness, having that through us. I think of it kind of like, so let's say consciousness is constantly expanding, right? Or universe, whatever word you want to use for it. That's its that's its thing is to expand. And then when it moves through a system like ours, that's a biofield that has limitations, it finds ways to move past those limitations. So for example, it can't fly through the human form yet. But yeah, they said, yeah, thank you. Yeah, but it can create a video game through the human form that the human form can go into a virtual reality and it can experience itself flying through a human. So it's like that where it just creates through the, the form and meets a limitation and then uh, adapts and creates beyond that limitation. And then eventually the limitation catches up, you know, it catches up and, um, yeah, it bypasses limitations. And that's what I feel like you're saying with our um, being able to do the quantum leaping and to different parallel realities is we've hit a limitation in our reality based on who we think we are and how, what our habits are. And we're hitting a wall with that. But instead of trying to fix the problem, which the evolution doesn't go back and fix problems, it moves forward and creates you 
jump to a different reality where that problem doesn't exist. That's right. That's it. That's it. That's what's so trippy about. See, and I'm I'm sure a lot of people are listening to us going, what are you guys talking about? So that's why I'm doing my best to make it more grounded too. And this is how you do it. But the physicist, physicists are actually saying these are the 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 mass assumptions that we've made to have a physical physical experience. We've agreed to mass assumptions. We've agreed to certain rules and we are busting out of them now. So three of the things that they said science is starting to question besides immortality is time, space, and even gravity. They said they're questioning, they don't even know what gravity is. They still don't know what gravity is. We've been trained to think it's a force that holds us down, but Einstein said it was, no, it was a, a, a gravitation. I mean, it was, um, uh, like if you put a bowling ball on a trampoline, it makes a dent. And then if things go around it, so it was a, it was a thing in time space, not a force. Right. So it's like, what, the, what they don't even know what gravity is. So at some point, some of them are predicting that once they understand that gravity is not what we thought it was, it's going to change our reality. Now they're really going, especially people like Donald, Donald Hoffman, Deepak, but they're saying where it's just consciousness. So we're going when, when, when we find out that time and space are not a real thing, which scares people is like, wait, what do you mean? We experience everything in time and space. When we bust through that, it just opens up all kinds of ways that we're going to experience stuff and we can bring it into form. We can heal our body. Yes. You hear my foot. I'm having a real argument with my foot because I broke it and I know how to shift realities. For some reason, this one is being very convincing on me. So I got to trust that my soul is having this experience for a reason and it doesn't want to have it healed until I get what that, what that message is. I bring you back down into your body all the way. To the something, but, but it's, but it, it's also very convincing to me that I have a physical body. I haven't right. been able to bust out of that version of my consciousness, but when people start getting it, look at how we're using energy medicine now, instead of just going and getting surgeries and medications, how more and more people want to do holistic work with plants or work with energy instead. So in mass, we're moving in that direction. Pardon? It's all information. Yeah. So where do we, yeah, we, we get accustomed and secure and familiar with where, where we get our information and then it, we bump up against that wall again where that information isn't getting us what we know is possible. We have to look to other sources of information. And that's what consciousness is doing is exchanging information with itself in these different forms. Yes, yes. And yeah. I know, I see, I mean, reading the Seth books, they said, there, Seth says there's consciousness in everything. Consciousness is in everything. Now, supposedly that is, oh my gosh, now I'm going to forget what that's called. Um, it's called panpsychism, that there's consciousness in everything. So robots or computers or cell phones, there's consciousness in all of it. People like Deepak and Donald, Donald um, Hoffman, those people are saying, no, it's all just consciousness. It's just consciousness. There is no, there is no chair to have consciousness in it. Yeah. Well, that's where you're talking about time and space. I've always felt like consciousness was playing hide and seek with itself in time and space. And now it's not playing hide and seek with itself anymore. It's wanting to be yeah. self-realized, right? If that if that's such a term for consciousness. Um, yeah. And so the time and space uh, 
architecture is is dissolving like the veil if you maybe because it's not necessary anymore that it, the level of um, evolution if you will that we're at with where consciousness is now more wanting to have this direct relationship with itself as as the whole rather than the parts it doesn't need to hide in anymore and seek itself and um I felt, you know, individually, like that whole thing of seeking, you know, has been um, about seeking what's been here all along, but looking for it in the wrong places, you know, and now it's sort of showing us, um, we don't have to look outside of ourselves or to another planet or whatever, to yeah. have these different experiences that we um, know are unfolding through us to be um, brought into reality that's it consciousness is the next frontier not space yeah i know we're running out of time but did we talk about the the exam I'm, I'm i'm doing my best to bring this in so that people can make it thank you like relate to it so they can live their everyday lives in other words give an example so did we did we talk about the example of wanting ice cream yeah, in their last one. But if you want to refresh. Just because it shows once people start getting that it's consciousness, how this can change our lives. So the level one understanding of consciousness, if you want ice cream, you got to go out, you got to get a job, you got to get hired for the job, you got to work at the job, then you finally get a paycheck, you go cash the paycheck, you get the money, you get in your car, you drive to the ice cream store, and then you get to have ice cream. That's a lot of work. That's level one. And that's where <clears throat> most of us believe reality is now. Level two, you have the desire for ice cream. And one of your friends stops by and goes, I was just in your neighborhood and I just bought ice cream. And I, hey, you want to have some ice cream with me? So somebody shows up with it and gives it to you, right? That's level two, understanding it, consciousness. Level three, you have the desire for ice cream and you go to the freezer and you open it up and there's ice cream in there. And you go, I don't remember buying ice cream, but there <laughs> it is. It's in your freezer. And I've had experiences with all three of those. Level four, and this is really high level consciousness, you have the desire for ice cream and you open your hand and it's there, right? Mm -hmm. That's understanding it's all consciousness creating out of consciousness, out of energy, out of the unseen, out of the nothing, whatever you want to call it. Level five consciousness is where we come from. Level five, you have the desire for ice cream and you realize that you and the ice cream are one, right? <laughs> so at first I went, well, we don't want to go back to that because we want to taste the ice cream. And if we realize we're one with the ice cream, then we don't have the experience of it being separate from us to be able to taste it. However, I also went, yeah, but now that I know I'm one with the ice cream, I can, I'm, I don't have to work hard for it. I don't have to go out and get it. It's right here. I can experience it. But usually when we know everything's one, we don't have that duality experience. We don't have that separation of experience of you're there, I'm here, I get to experience you ice cream is here. I'm here. Now I get separate from me. So I get to experience it. If I'm one with it, I don't get to experience it the same way. Well, that's why consciousness created form, right? To experience it couldn't, it couldn't through its oneness with everything have a, a relationship. So it had to create that duality, well, pour itself into the yin and yang, right? So it could experience. Yeah. So I could yeah. explain. Well, thank you for bringing that down. I mean, the whole time you're talking about, it, I kept hearing in my head, "Ice cream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream." <laughs> but I, yeah, I was just really appreciating that you're um, 
sensitivity to the audience and um, addressing that. And just, I want to say, you know, if, if you're listening to this, then you're in resonance with it, whether you are able to grasp all of it or not, it's, you're getting it on some level and seeds have been planted. And it's just about, you know, the resonance is what I'm getting from all of this is like, um, we, we will attract exactly what we need when we need it, including information to go to the next level when it's, when that, uh, time is ripe. And right now we're in a ripening collectively. So every individual has to be going through some kind of a next level experience within themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, becoming part of um, the larger communal organism is to um, have a sensitivity, right? Like open yourself sensitive in your nature to sense things beyond the physical and trust that sense. And let you know, it be a tracking system for you to find um, the people that are going in the same direction and to be supported by that field and um, staying grounded, as Pam is mentioning, but also expanding. Staying, st just dealing with what we think is physical reality and expanding it up to a higher version of it. So, you know, sometimes somebody's learning how to drive a car you can't just start telling, okay, get in the car and drive. It's like yeah. all the things that, so people have lots of choices. I just like that we're having an expanded consciousness conversation because there are so many aspects of us and it looks like other people that are still in fear and resistance and still hypnotized by the old picture. So I really appreciate that you're having conversations like this to get people, even if we can't grasp it logically, it's like, it's, I'm sure the first time somebody came back and said, Hey, the world is round. It's not flat. That didn't make sense to people because it looks flat, you know, or that the sun doesn't go around the earth. We're spinning. That didn't, it didn't look that way to people. Yeah. So it just took, it took back then it took a lot longer than it's taking now for us to accept new concepts. We're yeah. accepting technology a lot faster, which is probably why it needs to go to AI because we're accepting that way faster than they did hundreds of years ago. Mm. Yeah, you remind me of a teacher that I had, John, who's no longer with us, but he said, perspective isn't everything. It's the only thing. Mm -hmm. And that landed for me so, so strongly that I knew it was important. And I realized then if perspective is everything, then the, maybe the most important thing I can do is continue to hone my perspective. And the way to do that is to challenge it like you would a muscle, right? If you want to get stronger physically, then you challenge your muscles. If you want your perspective to become more um, support you and in, in, I don't think stronger is the word, but being more, let's say adaptable, then we want to challenge our perspective and that's what you've done today, Pam, is you've definitely challenged mine. And uh, I know you challenged- You don't have to agree with me either. Yeah, no, I'm not saying, yeah, I'm just saying that, um, you know, it makes us go like, oh, there's another way to look at this. Yeah. And that opens the doorway for some new information to come in. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And it, I'm totally in line with you. It's consciousness. 
consciousness expressing as us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. And this, just this example of you and I being the same consciousness in two different forms, exchanging information for the benefit of creating a new possibility for yeah. anyone who's um, re in resonance, at least even a little bit, if you're still listening to this conversation, you, you would be. And um, yeah, being part of that expansion. Yeah. I think most people are feeling there's something going on. I feel like everybody's feelings, things are changing and that they want to change and there's something more. Yeah. I, I noticed that when I went to the club um, yesterday, there's a couple gentlemen outside the studio talking about AI and they were just passionate about it. And then I don't think they realized they were talking about consciousness, but this is consciousness. Like um, I think in its prime, like where everyone's attention is on it, you know, like any, any individual it's like wants to be noticed and recognized consciousness is at that place where I think it's, you know, at the stage where, where it's, not only self-reflective, but um, self, yeah, like we're identifying with it, like its form, its instrument is turning towards it and going, oh, you're, you're the, you're what's responsible for everything that's getting created through me. How can I, you know, support you? How do we create an environment to give you more freedom and, um, it's like knowing people in high places when you move in that direction, because like you said, quantum leaps are possible. Things happen that couldn't happen in any other way or can't be explained in any other way because you're bringing um, a reality that exists um, that's outside of the physical, but informs the physical, but has less density, less laws, less um, obstacles, less limitations. And one of the fears that people have is that they're going to lose self. Yeah. So what I like to tell people is that's why um, I don't like the teachings. I'm not fond of the teachings that say ego's bad. You got to get rid of the ego. It's like, no, there's nothing wrong with the ego. It's part, it's an aspect of who you are. It's, it was created for you to experience three-dimensional physical realm, right? Just like your eye is not bad. It just has limited perspective, right? Yeah. Your eye was created to be able to interact and see physical reality. The ego, the self, the personality, the image you have of yourself was created for you to experience interacting with physical reality. It's not bad. It just has limited perspective because that's all it's been taught is how to survive, how to be loved, how to you know keep itself safe. So now what we're doing is allowing you to become, you to have a higher perspective of who you are. Yeah. It's not this small little biologic. It's like much greater so that people feel happier, more love, more compassion, more empathy, more freedom, more expression, more joy, because they're not afraid of just surviving. Mm -hmm. We're not being loved. It's like, oh, I am love. <laughs> I am <Like> conscious. <laughs> the caterpillar in the cocoon, right, is a stage. And then the cocoon has to crack, right? in order for the butterfly to emerge. So there's that yeah. sort of evolutionary morph morphing that's happening. And we're part of that stage where it's starting to crack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> big time. <laughs> it looks very messy out there. Yeah. 
Yeah. There's no fear. There's nothing to fear. You guys, our souls know what they're doing. And what I was sharing before about the um, the wheel of the human design where Pluto is in the 60th hexagram is called the cracking of the vessel. So that's a great analogy for what's happening. Like things are busting at the seams, right? The old's falling apart so the new can emerge. I'm good with that. In whatever form, we don't have to go into fear. You do a fantastic job of sharing your experience and... Um, creating an image for us to step into and realities that are possible. And um, I want to give you a chance to talk about your work and your website as we close. Okay. Um, people can go to my website at auracolors.com, A-U-R-A colors, C-O-L-O-R-S.com. And I have all kinds of things in there. I've got my quantum leap course that teaches people about all of this stuff. I have my books on there. I have, you can take a free aura color quiz and find out what your aura colors are because it's just energy radiating off of you, but it reveals who you've chosen to be in this lifetime, what your experiences are that you've chosen to be in this lifetime. It's just a fun tool. It's it's helping people take steps to a larger. So I have all kinds of things, all kinds of radio interviews that's on my website. So um, blogs, it's just a lot of information there at auracolors.com. Auracolors.com, okay. Well, thank you so much again, Pam. Your perspective is really enlightening. And um, yeah, I'm just grateful that uh, I met you and that you said yes to being here again. My second time interviewing you. It's wonderful. Hey, I'm glad we get to have these conversations. Yeah, me too. Thank you all for right. having me. Thank, thank you, for thank you all there. for tuning in and your interest. Um, I'll see you again next time. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.